2: What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast brought to you by the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. We hashtag that as we go live, as do all the other podcasts that are part of this network. We've got everything covered for you. Baseball, hockey, soccer, basketball, wrestling. They probably got Olympic stuff. It's, It's all there. All of your sporting needs are covered there. It is the Monday after the Super Bowl. We have officially ended the 2021 season. We're going to relive the big game yesterday. Matt, Dennis are here with me. Gentlemen, how are you doing on this somber Monday after the Super Bowl?
3: What's somber about it? It's a great Monday, man. I've had a great day. We had a great game yesterday. Yesterday it was close, would be so it came out a little bit uh, uh, underwhelming on that perspective. But by and large, I think it went uh, like most of, most people thought it would, unless you were uh, wearing you know,
1: Bengal colored glasses. I mean, they did pretty good. They acquitted themselves well. It was definitely a, a fun game. It's uh, it's been nice here today. I'm I'm rocking my Vaughn Miller. Uh, jersey shirt. Um, he was who I was pulling for and made it extra special to see him dedicate, uh, his performance to Demarius Thomas who passed away, uh, meant a lot. The only, the only thing wrong with the uh, bond yesterday was, I, I do not know what the hell was going on with his hair with it. Somebody needs to tell him if you're going to have grow a woo that goes like on the front, on the chin, not like on the back of your neck. But aside from that, you know, had a lot of fun, a lot of good food. Um, uh, I was disappointed when my alarm went off this morning.
2: Yeah, it was. It was a, a very good game. I think uh came very close with the score prediction. Matt and myself nailed the, the MVP, although there's arguments about who the MVP should have been. So let's just jump right into the Super Bowl. The Rams did win 23-20. to 20. Matt, just kind of like what were your overall thoughts of the game?
1: You know, I thought it, it was a, an entertaining game. It went a little bit uh, different than maybe what I expected, but that seems to always be the case for Super Bowls. Um, I'm glad I wasn't the only one ready with uh, the jokes about uh, McVay team finally scoring points in a Super Bowl. I noticed uh, right about the time I was making jokes about, hey, at least they scored more points than the last time. Chris Collinsworth had the same thing, so maybe Collinsworth was stealing from me. You never know. Um, it was... As has been the case with so many NFL games this season, uh, poorly officiated um, in huge swaths of the game. Uh, My heart broke for OBJ. I knew he tore his ACL before he even hit the ground. Uh, You know, that was tough. But I thought it was a gutty performance from Burrow. Um, I think... There's been a lot of talk about whether Taylor deserves a contract extension. I think he certainly does. What he's done with Cincinnati and turning them around uh, has been fairly impressive. Yeah.
3: You know, you you feel bad for OBJ, and it it was evident. I I, I think that we've seen enough of those types of injuries to – I think most everybody went, oh, that looks like it's probably going to be an ACL. Uh, it was your classic non-contact. Uh, and, and, you know, it was too bad because he looked like he was really going to have a really good game. Like they were making him – he was set to be – it looked like what they what McVeigh did was say, okay, go take Cooper Cup away. Look what else we got. And they were going to – You know, go with OBJ. Uh, It was just simply a uh, a game that was that played out like we thought. It was a game in the trenches. Yeah, there were some missed calls, and and, but it happens every game. And and it wasn't, in my estimation, it wasn't like every call went against a certain team it was there were missed calls on both sides there there's always going to be something and honestly the bengals had had 25 minutes to score a touchdown and and didn't score a touchdown so you know it it wasn't a a call here or there It, it was i think the better team won i don't know if either team was the best team in the nfl this year but they seem fairly well-matched based on the score. Uh, Mixon looked good. The running game for the Rams was fairly non-existent, Um, and Cooper Cup did what Cooper Cup does. I was bummed. I had uh, Kendall Blanton in some some playoff things, and apparently he hurt his shoulder and ended up being the uh, Bryson Hopkins breakout game. I think Hopkins had the exact stat line that Blanton had last two weeks ago after uh, Higby got injured. So I thought that was kind of funny, um, but yeah, Burrow looked good. I think he's uh, he's well on his way to being uh, a premier quarterback in the NFL. It was nice to see Stafford get that uh, get some due and, and get to the playoffs. Really would have been nice. Uh to see him get to the Super Bowl in, in alliance uniform, that would have really been nice.
2: Maybe that's yeah. the only thing I'm
3: bitter about.
2: <laughs> I'm um uh, I, I enjoyed the game yesterday. I thought it was good. There's a lot of people I was I saw were saying that they didn't think it was that good a game and it was kind of boring. I mean it wasn't as boring as the last time the Rams were in the in the Super Bowl, if I'm being honest. Like I still think overall it was a very good game. There were turnovers. I thought – I actually think for the most part of that game, the, Beng- the Bengals were the better team. They just didn't capitalize them, I and they got the turnovers. You know, <clears throat> I do know everybody's talking about the the refs. I honestly don't think the refs had a bad game. There were two calls that I can think of that were big, which was obviously the T. Higgins face mask on Jalen Ramsey that didn't get called. He scores the big touchdown. And then, in my opinion, uh, the linebacker, I think it was Logan Wilson – on Cooper Cup, that did not look like holding to me. It looked like he just – it was a great play in coverage. Regardless, if you take those two plays, they wash out. It doesn't matter at the end of the day because if you call the T Higgins play, then the, the Bengals are not winning at that point in time. They're still down. So I, I I don't blame the refs. There was a lot of that game left either way. I mean, protect Joe Burrow. Or maybe don't call a run to your backup running back on third and one and, and maybe get Joe Mixon in there. On the final drive, you know, look, just Taylor
1: saying. Taylor was hoping you would not call that out. That that was that was uh That was,
2: uh, that was like strange, the only thing strange decision so, That that is actually the only issue I had with what the Bengals did. I look like from the minute of that game, it looked like Zach Taylor was coaching to win that game. They were going for it on fourth down. Like I, I do think Taylor deserves a contract extension, which is interesting because I think None of us were really that big of fans of Zach, too, like we all talked about coming in this well, year. He may be on the hot seat. It may be five. He wasn't
1: very good the first or he yeah. didn't look the team did not look very good yeah. the first couple of years,
2: yeah, and so what he did, I thought he coached a great game realistically. that is the only thing that I question and and you know again, him being a a protege. Of Sean McVay. Like, we had a lot of questions about what Sean McVay did in his first Super Bowl, and there were some decisions he made in this one as well. So, I think Zach Taylor acquitted himself very well. I thought it was a really good game. You know, I was happy for Stafford, happy for Donald, happy for Von Miller and Odell. And so, we'll save the Odell talk for when we get to talking about the Rams. Uh Dennis, did you have a favorite moment in the game? You know, you mentioned being obviously a, probably a huge Stafford fan for how long he was there with the Lions. Was it getting him to finally see him hold up that Lombardi? Like, was there one moment that stood out for you?
3: You, you know, I, I love the throw on the OBJ touchdown. You, you know, he was back. It was I, – I like – to me, that's quintessential Stafford. That's taking the deep shot, going for it. And he placed the ball beautifully. It was an excellent throw. OBJ's one of the best at getting the ball when it's out there. So to me, that that was just that looked like all the times I've seen Stafford just go. I've got to carry this team. Only in Detroit. Only this time he didn't have to carry the team. He had equal talents around him. Uh, even losing OBJ, uh, they still had enough talent, uh, especially given the running game. The defense, with the way the running game was playing, it would have been really easy for the Rams to become super one-dimensional. But the defense, I think, held them up pretty well, and it allowed them even it allowed them to run enough to to keep the Bengals honest. But that was a beautiful throw he made on that touchdown.
1: That was the part that made me laugh the hardest, like when I was 20 to 16 and Collinsworth uh, said something about, like, this is really on Sean McVeigh now because the Rams' offense is completely devoid of talent. And I'm like, you mean except for the offensive player of the year and Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, the quarterback, three running backs that seem pretty okay. I'm like, though, let's not write the obituary for the team just yet.
3: Yeah, I you know I loved listening to Andrew Whitworth after the game, talk about the difference between him and the center. He's like, yeah, he goes, you know, strength has never been an issue for me. He goes, I look at this guy, it's, I forget who the center is, Andrews or something. Maybe I, I, I
2: isn't I it maybe. um something awesome? He's from the, he came from yeah. the Browns. I'm almost positive. Yeah, he oh, was traded Austin from the Corbett? Browns. Yeah, Austin I think that's Broadway. who it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, I watch
3: him and he's so silky and slinky and he moves and he does all this. And he's like, I'm just trying
2: to get in front of
3: people and use my strength because that's really all I got.
2: Matt, do you have a, a moment that stood out to you?
1: Uh, you know, I thought that, that last drive that the Rams put together, um, was really solid. It was a long kind of gutty drive, milking the clock down, um, that pass that Stafford hit, um, they've cut it out on Twitter a few times where he just kind of fires it right between the defenders to Cooper cup. I mean, that was the, I'm not, I'm not going to let myself lose here kind of drive, um, you know, and capping it with that, that touchdown. I thought that was, that was a really fun moment.
3: So it's interesting. You see a lot, one of the things you've seen on Twitter a lot today is that Stafford throwed a cup, and everybody's talking about, oh, the no look, no look, no look. I'm not sure if people understand, you know, when you go take your driver's license test, you know, they do that peripheral vision test on you. It's not like he's turning his head and throwing it over here behind him. I mean, literally it's like here he can see Cooper Cup right there and and he knows where he's going based on... Yeah, it was a great throw, but it's not like he was throwing it blind. I mean, come on people, peripheral vision, look it up.
2: Yeah, I it's it's still hard though. As someone like your son's played baseball, like I talked about this, I just i I did a uh, a rookie profile video on Sam Howe. It's going to drop on on the Campus Canton YouTube page tomorrow, and there's a couple times that you see him try to do that, and I put the clips like on there for you to look at. And he tries to th- like he's lined up in the center of the field, but he's trying to throw this way. It doesn't always work as well as as Stafford and Mahomes make it look, though. I think is the big thing. Like. There's a lot of quarterbacks who could try that and it's not going to look that like Stafford looks like he meant like he was looking at Cooper Cup per, like it is a perfect pass to Cooper Cup. I think that's why people get excited because we've seen it with Mahomes too, right? Like Mahomes does that one. I think it was to, maybe it was Kelsey in the playoffs last year where he's like going the other way and it and it looks like he meant to do that on purpose. I think that's where kind of like the fun part comes out of it for them. But yeah, for me, uh it was Odell as well. I, I mean, I talked about it on Friday show. I was hoping that they would win to get him a Super Bowl because I am still a massive fan of his. I think everything from the good and the bad, just seeing I think there was a chance he was going to go over 100 yards. I think he was going to be the MVP with the way they were targeting him and the way he was playing before he gets hurt. Unfortunately, seeing that, he comes back out on the sideline, no crutches, no nothing, likely torn ACL. And you can just see the emotion in his face when the Bengals score. They show the picture of him looking like he was upset. And Donald was upset on the sideline thinking this could be it. And then they drive down the field. And then that, to me, that moment, like, that is the coolest thing to me. So one thing I love about the Super Bowl is just seeing the emotion and for, like, realizing these people have been – doing this since they were probably like eight, nine, 10 years old, something they've always wanted to finally get to realize that dream. Like for me, that was the cool part, seeing how emotional he was. Donald with the, with the ring celebration thing. Like I love, that was the, the, the fun part for me. It sucked obviously on the Bengals side of things, like seeing how shocked the Bengals players were that it ended that way. But uh, for the Ram side, it was, it was really cool to see that, especially for some of the players I was really hoping were going to get a ring, Matt, a lot of the talk was the halftime show yesterday. Um, If you grew up in a certain era, those, you know, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, 50 Cent. That was was me right there growing up. And that was my age of hip-hop. I loved every second of it. Now, I've seen, and I don't want to classify like any... I'll just put it the way it was put on Twitter. There's a lot of boomers who are not happy with the way the halftime show went yesterday. I thought it was very well done. I was entertained the entire time. It's probably one of my favorite over the past recent years. What what was your thoughts on the uh, halftime show?
1: Yeah, I was super pumped for the halftime show. I I like all those guys, too. I did think uh, the best comment, though, on Twitter was uh, that 50 Cent looked like he had been hit by inflation that's certainly you know, the yeah, wing guys I saw a lot of a lot of 75
2: cent or dollar <laughs> bill stuff not, at, 50 cent yeah
1: i called you know we were all geared up um you know we had some people over at our house and it was a more serious football watching crew downstairs and my wife and a couple of the ladies and uh were upstairs they all came down for the halftime show kind of watched it together everybody had a good time i I was hundred percent sure Eminem was going to do "Lose Yourself," which, let's not forget, is an Academy Award-winning song. He is an Academy Award-winning artist, um, and when he came out and hit that, I, I knew, I knew the Rams were going to win.
3: Yeah, that was probably my wife's favorite part of the halftime show. She, that's that's like one of her favorite songs. No, I was kind of part of so Mary, Mary J. Thighs myself. I thought her performance was really, really good. You know, it was it was like the creme de la creme of a certain era of rap and R and B music that they brought back before they were geezers. Like they're older, like they're my age. You guys grew up on them, but they're my age. Let's be real here; uh, they're actually a few years younger than me. I think all of them are, and so it yeah. You know, what they have brought when they've had like Paul McCartney and the Who and all these guys that are. Just so old, great, great bands, great, great musicians, great artists, but just so far past their prime and their relevance. It just was kind of a bummer and, you know, to bring this, this group was, you know, they're still making music and they're still being relevant, some of it not in music, but they just kind of went with their hits and did the stuff that people liked and it was really, it was a, it was a good halftime show i you know there's no two ways around it i i don't get the uh the people who were all up in arms about it it's like come on
1: it's, people don't like that kind of music they don't like equal representation i thought somebody put it in a good way you know for however you felt about that is of how many people feel when like you're talking about they pull out some of those older rockers or if when they put a country acts out there, I just that's no how I feel. When people,
2: when people put country, that's how I feel. I'm like really, like I'm not that. I actually I'm okay with that because then actually gives me time to get up and go do whatever I want because I'm not watching it. I could not care one iota about country music. Uh, commercials. Matt, you do a lot of the movie stuff today, none really stood out to me oh, to be honest. With, like the the biggest one, I guess. For well, I'll be honest, I wasn't watching a lot of commercials. For whatever reason, like I was already bummed the Doctor Strange one dropped because I didn't want that to get anything ruined for me. And then uh, so that was
1: by far the best movie one. Did you hear the voice and did you recognize it?
2: I so I covered my ears, so I did not try to watch anything. So don't ruin anything for me. You know, I don't like to watch more than one trailer. (laughs) So I, I avoided as much of that as I could
1: i'm just gonna say there was something in there i i first of all i loved jurassic world dominion um jurassic park is one of my all-time favorite films i was 12 years old when i saw it in the theater and i know sorry dennis i was 12 years old when i saw it in the theater and you know i the way people of a certain age talk about seeing the first star wars movie in kind of those formative years is how i've always felt about jurassic park and seeing all the Jurassic World people plus all of those original, you know, when when Laura Dern and Sam Neill pop up, it was hard. To, there was a little kid in our house that wanted to help with the Nintendo. I'm like, you gotta give me a minute. I gotta, I gotta see this. Um, in terms of humorous commercials, I really liked the Alexa one with Scarlett Johansson and Colin Joe, especially that like Colin left the oysters in the car for five hours. <laughs> You know, but it was weird. So many crypto ads, electric electric cars. I feel like when I was growing up, I don't know if this is just romanticizing, but like it was always used to be some of the funniest, most memorable ads of the year were during the Super Bowl, and we don't always get that anymore. We kind of miss it.
3: Yeah, I think now you get a lot of companies that want the eyes, and they're not necessarily they're. Trying to be a little bit creative, but they want to get their message out. It was cool to see. I think the one that kind of stuck out for me was the, I think it was a take on the Budweiser frogs with the three different animals. They weren't all the, they weren't all frogs, but they were kind of doing, doing that. Uh, It was like their Budweiser. They come out with some light seltzer or something like that. I think is what it was.
1: I know. So. Everybody had seltzer hard soda. One of them looked like it was a grape soda, and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to drink grape soda on its own. I don't care if you put alcohol in it.
3: Yeah, they need to, somebody needs to do a Harry Buffalo commercial. Let's,
1: let's go there.
3: <laughs> hey, what's in that trash can? Oh, just shut up and drink.
2: Yes, yeah, so I guess I'm going to have to watch the Doctor Strange one now so I can know what you're talking about. I didn't want because you know how I am with trailers, like because I'd already seen the Jurassic World one. So I'm not going to watch any more Jurassic no. World ones. And but so, so I don't see,
1: watch the commercial. They have the full Doctor Strange multiverse yeah. of madness trailer. If you're just going to watch one, you just watch that one trailer. There is a voice that you hear that I would be shocked if you don't recognize it.
0: I, okay, I, I think I, will,
2: I know
1: who you're talking about, but
2: mm-hmm. I will. Uh, I'll. I'll, uh, I'll watch it. and I'll get with you and Dennis and confer if that's if that's right. Uh, the mm-hmm. one commercial that stood out for me, and it was more just because it made me angry, was and I assume it was an electric car commercial. Was the Sopranos one because the music oh, started oh, playing yeah. and I got so excited. I was like, "Oh my god, it's gonna happen!" And well, then I was just it, like, "That was his
1: daughter, right, Beto?
2: Yeah, it was Meadow. Yeah. And, well, so and that's and what I was thought. Like, I end. saw her and I was like, oh, my God, like she's going back. They're going to do something with the series. And I see yeah, AJ was... and I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, no, it's just an electric car. Trip. I was that's like, F I... you guys. That's F what you. The well, not
1: driving an electric Chevy in New Jersey. Oh, Meadow. Oh, if they right. want to live. That,
2: you, know, not, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> it wasn't it was Tony. So uh, anyways, the Super Bowl is over, Dennis, but there are still ways to win money. Tell everybody how with DraftKings.
3: Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings' daily fantasy basketball contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Got to be honest, I played did some Super Bowl uh uh matchups last yesterday on DraftKings. Hit 2 out of 3. And I'm kind of looking forward to dabbling into this NBA stuff. Got to take a look at the scoring and get it figured out, but I used to be a huge NBA fan, and it's you know it's what they say in uh, the Godfather. Which is when I think I'm out, they reel me back in. Uh, they pull anyways, me back in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and bet just one dollar on any NBA, NBA team and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older minimum age and location requirements vary by dur- jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibitive. Five, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-889. 9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call one 877 or text HOPENY. That's H-O-P-E-N-Y.
2: All right, let's actually get into talking about the game. And let's, start, uh, let's actually start with the Bengals side here since the Bengals did lose the game. Matt, they came up short, but they did play hard. What do you think they need to do to get back to the Super Bowl? Because that, that's the one thing I will bring up. And I, I commend Joe Burrow. He talked a lot about it after the game, saying, you know, we're a young team. We'll be back. But Steve Smith, I think, brought it up on NFL Network that he thought the same thing with Carolina. He was very young in his career when they went, and he never made it back to the Super Bowl. It is not a guarantee that they will be back regardless of how good that team is and Burrow. So what do they need to do to get back to the Super Bowl?
1: I mean, there was a big argument last year about whether they should have taken Chase or taken a tackle. And, you know, Chase has worked out well for them, and they have some good young weapons. They've got to fix the line. The sacks were a problem against Tennessee. They were able to overcome. Um, They were able to shift their game plan a little bit to get past the Chiefs. But you have to think that the seven sacks, the constant pressure, the caving in the pocket proved to be a little too much when they were trying to come back and win. And I think that's one glaring area of need for them.
3: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it on Friday. The nine sacks they gave up to Tennessee. They gave up seven sacks to uh, the Rams, uh, and a couple of them. And very, very, e- even outside the sacks, there was a ton of pressure on Burrow. Um, and so, to to think that they can keep doing what they what they're doing, you know, I'd hate to see a situation where they all of a sudden get enamored. They're, they're like, we've got weapons. Let's build our defense. Now, protect your quarterback. Uh, I mean, you've got a couple tackles that are pretty good. Jonah Williams is pretty good. Get that interior of that line. Go out, get some prime beef in there, and keep your quarterback upright. He took 70 sacks between uh, the regular season and the postseason. That's just a phenomenal number. And if you watched his leg get all... Jacked up and been around in that game yesterday. Uh, It looked like he was going to be out. And, you know, he shook it off. You've got to admire it. He's a tough son of a gun. And, but, you know, we saw last year, sometimes you can't just shake it off. So if they, if the Bengals don't come out, I'd say they need probably at least one second tier, first or second tier. Offensive linemen and free agency, and two offensive linemen with their first three draft picks at least. To, I mean, that's their biggest weakness.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, and they've got to strike now while the iron's hot. I mean, you have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow all on rookie contracts right now, and you've got them on rookie contracts for at least the next three years with T Higgins. So you've got to do something of that offensive line. If you want to get back, um, you know, I agree with what Dennis said. You've got to attack that in free agency. And then obviously the draft as well, do everything you can. Uh, they're not losing much on defense and offense. I think even if they lose a couple pieces, they're going to be perfectly fine. They've got Joe Mixon locked up, probably need it. Maybe they need to get a tight end, but I don't even know if they need that with, with how good that offense is. They are locked and loaded. In my opinion, on offense, they've just got to improve that offensive line. Dennis, is Burrow a lock top five quarterback for you in Dynasty? The the ones I think I mean, what would you say Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes are like locked in ahead of him regardless? But then outside of that, is there an argument for anybody else? Would you would you lock him into the top five? I
3: mean, I probably I comfortably have Lamar up there ahead of him. I think I've got, I feel like Dak is above him. Um, I, I I don't think I would have him higher than five. Uh, see who else is out there. I, I have him over Murray, but I've never been a big Murray guy. I think I have Herbert over him. So I'm probably, probably six. Um yeah, he's probably he's he's pushing top five. If he can turn in another year where uh he's putting up thirty-five, if he can put up thirty-five touchdowns, uh, you know, and push push five thousand yards, I think it's it, it you know, he can be that Tom Brady-ish type quarterback that you know, Justin Herbert type quarterback that vies for a top five fantasy quarterback spot without being a Konami code. It, it's really that, it, and while he's mobile, he doesn't run a lot. And he ran a few times in the postseason, um, But he tries to, you know, he's not looking to run. There are a couple of times where it was like, okay, I don't, you know, why wouldn't I run here? There's nobody for, for you know, 20 yards. Um, But, you know, I don't know if he's top five yet. I'd give him probably six, maybe seven.
1: Yeah, that's it for me. He's a lock for top ten, but it's probably somewhere in that five to eight range, depending on how you feel and how some things shake out. You know, I'm going to be very curious to see what happens with Kyler Murray because he's somebody I would currently have – Uh, You know, when I was looking at it in December at the end of the season, I had Burrow six behind Herbert, Murray, Jackson, Mahomes and Allen. But, you know, sometimes the offseason shakes some things up, Um, you know, so safely top 10, you know, probably safely top eight. But I don't know if I would say he's a lock for top five.
2: I think he is for me. Uh, I... Comfortably have, I think, Allen, Mahomes, and Herbert above him. Although Herbert I even have questions about because they're not bringing Mike Williams back. I think they need to bring in another uh, wide receiver across them. There's no guarantee that they do that, And, and Herbert doesn't run as much. I mean, the reason I would put Burrow there is we just saw what Burrow was able to do with, I think it's fair to say, a bad offensive line. Even if they don't improve the offensive line, we know what Burrow can do with that bad offensive line. None of those other pieces are going anywhere right now. You know, Kyler struggles with injuries. You know, we talked a little bit about it recently with the, the Instagram stuff and Cliff Kingsbury, like Cliff Kingsbury has done nothing to improve and help improve Kyler. So I don't know that he ever improves. I think he just kind of is what he is. I think he's a tad bit overrated. The more we look at him and Lamar has been up and down every single year outside of his MVP season, where outside of Burrow's injury, we've kind of seen what Burrow is. So for me, he would be a top five quarterback in dynasty, uh, Matt, are Chase and T. Higgins locked into the top fifteen as dynasty wide receivers? Uh,
1: Chase, yes, but I am not sold that Higgins is top fifteen.
2: Yeah, I probably,
3: you know, Chase is probably top five, top six, um, and Higgins is top twenty.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I've been, got.
3: I don't know if they can. If you know, I don't know if they're going to get to that. Uh, Jefferson Thielen kind of territory. I I just, if they didn't have Tyler Boyd, if they didn't have Joe Mixon, if CJ Uzoma didn't have a breakout game every five weeks, I I think then you could maybe more consistently group, you know, you could bring Boyd up a little, or not Boyd, uh, Higgins up a little bit higher, but there's just enough other Really, really good weapons there that knock knock him down. Probably in the 8 wide receiver, 16 to 20 range.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have Chase top 5, and I currently have Higgins at 17. So he's close for me, but I, I think he does take a little bit of a step back. I'm not as worried about Uzoma and Boyd moving forward. I think it is going to be a lot of those two, but we saw how good Mixon was this year, and I think he's got at least one more year if they improve that offensive line. I think Mixon could continue to be a threat, not just rushing the ball, but also receiving, which I think hurts Higgins just a little bit. Dennis, we've talked a lot about it. Obviously, the Bengals were driving down the field, likely to either kick a field goal to tie it and send it to overtime or take the lead. Do you think if they had a better offensive line that they would have won this game yesterday?
3: You know, it's hard to prove that they would have, but you got to believe that if they only give up three sacks, you know, that the offense has positive plays on at least four more plays. Uh, it, and that could, could have easily generated, you know, points or first down. I, I don't know if it would have, you know, changed the outcome I feel like the outcome was still going to be the same. I just feel like there was going to be more points scored on both sides. And I think if the Bengals had scored, you know, if the Bengals scored 28 points, I feel like the Rams were going to score 33. It was just, to me, that was what was going to happen. Even with Odell going out, uh, I think that the Rams were going to rise to the occasion. Um, so I don't know that it changes the outcome. I think it changes the score, but I don't know that it changes the outcome.
1: Might have changed the strategy though. They would have been you know, I think it might have helped them be able to sustain some of those drives. Um, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say how you how you play behind yeah. that. Um yeah. it might have changed some I, I thought they definitely adjusted their offensive strategy against Kansas City to have quicker passing to try to protect that deficiency, um, you know. So maybe that was some of the thought that they they employed in this game.
2: I I hate to say this because I was very much rooting for the Rams. I'm glad they won. I think Cincinnati would have like I, I I feel like watching that game yesterday, and I, I'll definitely at some point go back and re-watch it. But in watching that game yesterday, and granted, I will say it was when Odell went down because the Rams looked like they were possibly going to take control of that game before that. Once Odell went down and they really kind of struggled, like the the Bengals defense was doing a good job of slowing down Cooper Cup until he just went and took over the game in the fourth quarter. That I thought the Bengals were the better team for the most part of that game. If they had a better offensive line, they're able to protect Bro just a little bit better. Like you said, instead of giving up seven sacks, maybe they give up three, including maybe not letting Aaron Donald just completely wreck that play at the end of the game. That they have a chance to go down, drive down the field, and win the game. On the Rams well, side, I And know, if my aunt had nuts,
3: she'd be my uncle. So,
2: I mean, well, let's that's be real. you know, that's absolutely, you
3: know. It, it, it it's it it's how you can't really say i mean you can say it but i don't know that they i think the the offensive line and the game plan showed improvement from tennessee part part of it is you know if because if you're going to if you're going to use that those if strategies well the rams had two less sacks than the titans and they have a much better defensive line. So the plan worked. It, it kept pre- more pressure off Burrow. So I don't know. You want to – I I don't think it – you know, that's kind of a, a beating a dead horse argument there, I guess.
2: Maybe. It's it's for fun. So I thought I'd ask. On the Rams side here, I just mentioned Cooper Cup kind of went nuclear there in the fourth quarter, took over the game. In my opinion, probably won them the game. But there was a lot of talk on Twitter – that Aaron Donald deserved to be Super Bowl MVP. Maybe it was a little bit of bias in what he did in the final play to win the Rams a game. Matt, you and me had both picked Cooper Cup to win Super Bowl MVP. Do you agree that Cup should have been the MVP or should it have gone to Donald?
1: Uh, there was no doubt in my mind that Cup was the MVP. Um, Aaron Donald had a nice game, so did Von Miller. It wasn't one defensive star. They had, you know, qu- there were seven sacks. Each of those guys had two. Each of them had some big plays. I know he made a couple of big plays at the end, but I mean, Cup was the engine that drove their offense. And especially after they drove after they lost to OBJ, they had no Tyler Higby. They couldn't run to save their lives. Cincinnati was keying on him and he was still making plays.
3: Well, I just want to know how'd the ball get there? I mean, Defer- it didn't just miraculously show up. Matthew Stafford was robbed. No, yeah,
2: I disagree with that. Stafford did not play a good
1: of, game. Uh, yeah, well,
2: and I will say one him. of those wasn't his fault. The the Skaronic or whatever that guy's name that was not that was not on Stafford. But he did not have. It's exactly what we talked about on Friday, right? We la- we laid this out perfectly on how Cup gets the MVP. Is this Stafford struggles a little bit, still so has a good game, but Cup is the one, and he did. I mean that. It's a great catch by him. I mean, in my opinion, he really took over in that fourth quarter, especially the, they had almost taken him out of the game completely in the third quarter. And I was like, I don't, we were all watching. I mean, I feel like Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels brought up every time they got on the field, what are the Rams going to do? Because they can't get the ball to Cooper Cup. And then he just found ways to get open there in the fourth quarter. Um, Dennis, OBJ had a strong start, but gets hurt. Uh, are you concerned in him about him at all? Long term, and the rumors are he tore his ACL. We've not seen anything official as of right now.
3: Yeah, and and it's the same knee he tore last year too, right?
2: And believe so, yes. And, and he's what now, twenty eight, twenty nine. Same knee, twenty nine. He'll opponent. he'll be thirty this season, this NFL season, twenty twenty two. So you know, I I feel like
3: he's going to have moments going forward. I think he's going to rehab hard. He's going to come back. He's gonna play well, but I do think that his best stuff is behind him now. And uh, whether I, I think a lot of what's gonna happen is he's gonna have to be strong enough mentally that once that knee is healed again, that he doesn't think about it every time he cuts. Whether he can do that, I I don't know. I mean, that takes a lot, especially when you tear the same knee, tear the ACL in the same knee twice. At some point I feel like you're going, well, if I do this, is something going to happen? You know, we've seen, I wish I could, you know, there there are some wide receivers you see now they just kind of catch the ball. And as soon as they hear footsteps, they're diving to the ground. And I feel like OBJ could become that guy. You know, he's, he's trying to, he's going to run out of bounds. He's going to try to avoid hits. Yeah. He's going to make plays. He's still going to be a deep threat. He's still going to have good speed. Uh, an ACL isn't the death knell on an NFL career like it was even 20 years ago. Uh, but I do think at 30 years old, his best his best uh, seasons are behind him.
2: Yeah, I'm as big a fan of him as I am. And the amount of shares I have him as well. I have him on a lot of teams. I almost don't even know that you can – count on him doing anything for you in fantasy this year. I mean, if you're hoping for the best six, seven months turnaround on that, you're already September at that point now. And I think at that point, he's still
1: under contract with the Rams.
2: No, he signed a, it was just no. a, like a free agent deal. So, cause that was all the talk coming into this is that he uh. said he'd be, he'd be willing to give like an even, even better than a hometown discount to the Rams to stay with them. I don't know that the Rams sign him because I'm pretty sure Woods is under contract and he's going to be back mm-hmm. sooner from his ACL at this point. And I, I realistically think if if Odell is not going to be ready till September, he may start out on pup, which means you're not getting him till week seven or week eight. Now, maybe he stays with the Rams as they're trying to make another run and he comes back. But at this point, I think eh. – I don't know that he's ever going to be anything for you again in fantasy. I mean, at that point, you're talking about waiting till 2023. He's going to be 31, going on 32. Like I don't know, maybe a wide receiver four at that point. I, I don't know we, that he even be seen, with the Rams.
3: You know, Adam Thielen was is was very viable. He's what going to be 34 or 35 now. Adam Thielen ha, has played well at, as he's gotten older you know i feel like he's going to be a you have to view him as a wide receiver 3 uh at best right now going forward um you're going to get some wide receiver 1 games out of him um and depending on where he lands it it's you know he's got the ring now he's made a bunch of money i don't know how he's done as far as Conserving his money, um, but I feel like he, he he could walk. He could just walk away now. You know he's having babies now, um, but I feel like he's got the competitive desire. He hasn't built the off-season stuff like Tom Brady has. You don't see a lot. I maybe mean, maybe he has, but you know with Marshawn Lynch, you heard about things he was doing off the field and, and what he was trying to build to to get his career ready for post football. You never really heard about that with Beckham and he's always been kind of flashy and, and that's some of the stuff that's got him in trouble. So he may feel like he needs to play a few more years to get the money, to get himself ready. Maybe, you know, but, but I view him like a wide receiver three, four right
1: now.
2: Yeah, I think if he wants to go into something off of the football field, I think he can. He does a lot of uh, streaming stuff, and he's very good at that. I think he's a very personable person. He's a guy that I think would be perfectly fine on TV. Um, And I agree with you. I mean, he's having a baby. There was talk before the Super Bowl. I know he was. uh, I think it was during Radio Row. Whatever they asked him, and his fiance was was close to giving birth and he even mentions like if she starts giving birth in the Super Bowl I'm gone I don't want to miss the birth of my child so clearly that means a lot to him uh, and I do think part of him may even be thinking that he may be done with football with the emotion he had on his face when he realized he won the Super Bowl because that is all he was missing was that Super Bowl ring speaking of which we saw Aaron Donald say a lot about of that before as well before the game hey if I get the Super Bowl ring he may retire. That may be it for him. Matt, if if Aaron Donald is done, has been in the league for seven years. If I am remembering correctly, came out twenty fourteen. Is he a lock first round, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer?
1: You know, I think he gets into the Hall of Fame, but I don't, I don't know if we if I feel like he's done enough that he would necessarily uh, be a lock. You are correct; he came in in fourteen. So one, two, three. This was his eighth season. He has 98 sacks. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I after seeing like Demarcus Ware miss this year and some you can never quite tell. Um, I think he would certainly get in. Uh, it might depend on on who was up against him. I do feel like he's probably one of the most dominant defensive players for the last few years, especially given his position. So
3: ask yourself is Aaron Donald the best player at his position would you say that throughout his career how many years do i mean it's not been just a year where that's throughout his virtually his entire 8 year career he's been considered the best or one of the best at his position i think if he retired today people would be making the argument uh about not waiting like they do with Tom Brady now that's not what they should do, but I think when when people look at him right now, if he walked away right now, they'd say he was probably that he's up there with the Joe Greens and and the uh, uh, you know Merlin Olsons and and those defensive tackles that he he belongs. If he's not in that category, he's just below it.
2: Yeah, I mean I agree that he's he's been I think one of the best defensive players for at least six of the eight years he's played if not seven or eight I don't remember him I don't remember if he was as dominant as a rookie I'll be honest I can't really remember but I feel like as long as I can remember it's been Aaron Donald rookie of the year right but I don't remember him being like and again, this is eight years ago. I can barely remember what I ate for breakfast yesterday. Like, I remember what Micah Parsons did this year as, as defensive rookie there. And I feel like I'm going to remember that. I don't exactly remember how good Donald was as a rookie, but from what I can remember practically his whole career, he has been the best defensive player talked about every single year. He's been one, like number one in the top 100 every single year. The one thing I worry about with he is a lock first ballot Hall of Famer for me, but I don't vote. And that's my thing It's like, I wonder if enough people, because we see it with all these hall of fames, they hold it against some of these guys when they don't do certain things. And I wonder if they will hold it against him because he didn't play for 10 years and they don't let him in first ballot, but I think he should be.
3: Donald started 12 games, his rookie season. He had two forced fumbles, nine sacks, 48 tackles, uh, 18 tackles for loss, 13 QB hits. I mean, he was pretty dominant right from the get-go. I mean, what, in, what, 18, he had 20 and a half sacks. He's only had two seasons in where he had single-digit sacks. Uh, he's been, let's see, last year was his low in tackles for loss with 14. I mean, he's been dominant his whole career. I, if he didn't make oh, it, yeah, first ballot, I, I mean, it's...
2: I, I agree with you. That's what I said. I, I, just because I don't remember doesn't mean it didn't happen. I just don't remember what it was like as a rookie, but I know ever as far back as I can remember, he's been the best defensive player in the NFL. And Speaking-
1: I mean, he did have that the last time they went to the Super Bowl, 20 and a half sacks, which yeah. – So that's what I was trying to think. I think the way the Rams play, sometimes it looks like he's on the end, but if you're really considering him a, a defensive tackle – Having 98 sacks from interior defensive line is incredible.
2: Speaking of the Hall of Fame, Matt Stafford now has as many Super Bowl rings as Aaron Rodgers. Does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, Dennis?
3: No, not yet.
1: He's he's a really good quarterback.
3: He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's probably fair. Um, you know, we've seen players who spent majority of their career on losing teams be able to get in, um, but we've seen them will teams to the playoffs. This is the first time Matthew Stafford's career has ever won a playoff game. Um, so I think it's going to take more than, than a good four-game run.
3: I mean, he's, to, he's he only play. had two seasons with 30 touchdown passes. I mean. Stafford is a really good quarterback and he makes, he's got a great arm and he makes some amazing throws. But he's not, he isn't, you know, I think you saw this year Joe Burrow do with the Bengals what Matt Stafford couldn't do with Megatron and the Lions.
2: Yeah, I. Would say he's gonna have to string together at least three more good three, years before three I, more years, yeah, before I know, put him in there. Touchdowns if, if if he can put if he can get one more Super Bowl and put together three more good years, I think he'll be like with that Eli Manning conversation and he'll likely get in. But right now I'm with you. I, I don't think that he would be in the Hall of Fame. Dennis, we are entering the off season here. What is a tool everybody can use to help improve their dynasty teams?
3: Well, they can listen to our podcast. That's a start. Uh, The dynasty GM from dynastynerds.com. Do you want to dominate your dynasty league? The dynasty GM is the tool you need to get the job done. It integrates seamlessly with your MFL sleeper, flea flicker and FFPC leagues. Use the league analyzer to identify your team's strengths and weaknesses. Use the trade calculator to put together league-winning deals. The player shares tracker to keep track of your roster ship. You know what that is? That's a one. You know how many shares of Odell Beckham I have? I have one. Now, now let's not talk about Brian Edwards. Uh, use code ROUNDTABLE for 15% off a monthly or annual subscription. Bundle the Dynasty GM with the Nerdherd to save even more.
2: All right. We are going to, announce we had a playoff, um, what's the a competition that we, well, the show's pretty this good
3: guys. Year. I really enjoyed it. I guess it's time for us to yeah.
2: go. Yeah. I forgot. Uh, I forgot the playoff thing. Uh, the, so playoff competition Announce the winter, the winter. It's not winter. It's the winner here, Matt. I don't
3: know. Did you see my team? It was pretty cold.
1: <sighs> yeah. So among the three of us, congratulations, Matt, um, uh, you finished the best. Uh, I will pull our point total in a minute. But uh, the winner, we had a pretty decent competition, only 0.2 points separated, second and third. Uh, but the winner, Eric Jonathan, um, he had a about a 20-point uh, victory. The next closest to him had 554 points, uh, and that was Derek Brown. He had 575.5 points. Um Pick Cooper Cup, like almost all the rest of us. His team, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Mixon, Leonard Fournette, um, Damian Harris, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, Dalton Schultz, Darren Waller, Dallas Goddard, the Titans defense special team. He obviously knew the Titans were going to eliminate themselves and Matt Prater.
2: Awesome. Well, congratulations to Eric. He is in our Discord. I'm actually messaging him right now. Um, congratulations to me for, I guess, doing... Yeah, easy. so here,
1: I'll give our... Uh, I saw mine. I think I had 200-something. So you uh, you finished with 542.16 okay. uh, points, which wasn't bad. I finished 521.32 points. And Dennis finished with 507.61 points. So I'd say we oh. all cracked 500. At Could least that a lot worse. Years. Could have been a lot Same face.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. So that will do it for us today. We'll be back on Friday to start off season stuff. We haven't even discussed what we're going to start talking about yet. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll surprise you guys with that on Friday. We will definitely talk a little... Maybe bold predictions or, or some, a little prediction as we head into the 2022-2023 season. Kind of way too early predictions for that among a ton of other off-season content. Everybody enjoy the rest of your weeks and we will talk to you guys again on Friday.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the room out already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. No one up above his head. They can't jump with me. Guy, leave. Oh, they tackle him in the the 40 Who can make a play?
2: I can Who can make a play? I can <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>